friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies you love, and we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my holly jolly, then come murder you, uh, friend and magical co-host, Alex Dandino. Oh man, guys. We're closing in on the end of the year. We had a great list of stocking stuffers this year. We appreciate your guys' submissions. So you can find uh, I Saw the Devil, Annihilation, Hell or High Water, Jaws, The Revenge. And then, uh, for an added treat, we covered Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Since everyone wants to talk about it, we did too. Uh, But now we're giving you a special Christmas treat. Uh, This Christmas Day delight, how could we not... Uh, Before we get into the movie, if you like us, and we hope you do, please leave us a rating and review wherever you find this podcast, especially Apple Podcast app. You can also find us talking uh, all things comics and pop culture over on the Longbox Sessions podcast, hosted by Alex over there. That's me. Uh, You can find us on YouTube at The Nerd Alchemist. That's Alchemist plural with an S at the end. Um, And as always, guys, just share this on your social media, man. The more we can get uh, people into the tent, that's our goal. All right, without further ado, let's open up your Christmas present from us to you uh, with the Christmas classic. Nice rhyme. Maybe, maybe arguably the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Deadly Games, a.k.a. Dial Code Santa. A.k.a. Game Over, a.k.a. Hide and Freak. Four titles. Hide and Freak. That, that, there are certain scenes in this movie that had things gone a little different, Hide and Freak would have applied. Alex, had you ever seen this Christmas gym before this year? Had didn't even know it existed. All right. Walk me through your initial take on what I would say uh is the true king that that fucking B film Home Alone tried to usurp the throne from. I mean, my biggest <laughs> I'll tell you right now my biggest takeaway from Code Santa Claus was Well, at least now, at least this parent, I know what they do for a living because I've always assumed Mr. McAllister was a drug dealer, and that was why he was able to afford (laughs) such nice vacations. That's how he can make that much money to afford all that shit, but also can't work an alarm clock. Yeah, apparently doesn't know how an alarm clock works twice. Uh, Yeah, the movie was, um, (laughs) it was, it's interesting because this movie was made in, uh, what is it, 1990, 98, something like that, like, uh, it has like yeah, nineteen eighty nine. It has like the look of a movie from the eighties. Um, I think I was expecting it to look more like it was, because uh, like Home Alone in nineteen ninety looks like Home Alone looks like a movie <laughs> made in the nineties. This still has that weird frosted tint on the lens for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but overall, pretty interesting movie. Like kind of weird. Like. Yeah, it's obviously Home Alone, and like those guys totally ripped off this movie, like one thousand percent. But you think there's a world in which John Hughes watched this movie and was just like, "Oh fuck, I got to steal." I think there's a world in which John Hughes heard of this movie and then did not yeah. like, like he's like, "Oh, home invasion, kid, burglar." Like, I think it. Right. Like, can you imagine John Hughes of all people pitching? Because this movie is markedly different from like the version we get in the, in the stage, which is Home Alone. Uh, right. Can you imagine John Hughes being like, "Yeah, this guy, fucking vagrant who slaps kids, like just starts murdering people and then goes after this small child in his house." 
Like, I can only imagine, like, him getting laughed out of the room in certain respects, in certain parts of this business. Like, that's, like, he, like, John Hughes makes the most John Hughesy version of this movie with Home Alone. Because, uh, I mean, right. like, this is, like, to me, this is, I thought it was <laughs> fucking terrifying in a lot of respects. Like, this is the thing. This movie, and I know people are going to come at me about this. I'm not here to ruffle your Christmas feathers, man. But I'm telling you for a fact. This movie is better on every single level than Home Alone. It's just an infinitely better and more interesting version of that story. I mean, it's deep. And when you compare our Santa Claus versus Har or Marvin, whoever the fuck, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Right? Marvin Harry. The sticky there's bandits. no comparison. We actually have moments of true human development with our Santa. We actually understand why he's doing this other than... I just need money. This is a true philosophical and emotional crisis. I mean, it's actually the most, this is the thing. Part of what makes this movie infinitely better is that it is just so intrinsically French, right? Yeah. The house I is mean, better. I got to tell you. The house is the playground setting for this movie in Deadly Games is infinitely better. Yeah. I mean, the family relationships are infinitely better. Well, yeah. Like, I actually the feel like. The explanation for being home alone is infinitely better. I do feel like uh, the kid Tomas in this movie, uh, his parents are actually worried about him, or his mother, Julie, is actually worried about him. Um, yeah. Like, again, home alone, like, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is probably going to, like, piss some people off. Um, I don't like home alone a lot. And What the fuck? Um, it was not a movie that was like, like my parents don't like home alone. And as I've gotten older, like when I was a kid, I thought it was cool. Cause it's just fun to watch. Like, you know, grownups get fucking it's Looney Tunes, yeah. get fucking punked by a kid. As I've gotten older though, like I, I don't like any of the characters in that movie. Like every single person, including Kevin, no. I think are terrible people. Like, well, this is the weird thing. Once you're old enough to actually have kids and responsibilities, yeah, the movie becomes even worse. Well, yeah, like because probably there is when I no justifiable universe where it's you made it all the way out of your house and rushed and got to impossible. the airport and you just forgot a child. Like, there's just no. Although way. they do the cardinal sin, which I say once you're past like three kids, you don't love them as much. Well, and, it is impossible because well, you don't like have a big enough problem attention. For me, is like like I hated I hated it in the first one. I'm like, well, that sucks. He's home alone and like nobody's like everyone's okay. just like so you don't like we can't do a whole home alone pod this i know i'm sorry I, i'm games. sorry we're getting up but like that but <laughs> that's why i but getting back to deadly games I, can we call it deadly games throughout this movie because i don't we'll want to call it say, deadly games because okay, i don't want to call do it like dial code santa though what a great title interesting title uh yeah but like what i liked about deadly games is everyone in the family seemingly gets along and likes each other and like looks out for one another and like uh tomas could be this like bitchy bratty little kid and instead he's just like a rambunctious kid who loves his family and is very respectful of his elders so on and so forth like he's like he's just like a genius he's yeah like he's a very he's he's a likable care he's a likable child character which is mm. like rather than his stupid little friend pilu who i wanted to fucking murder from the get-go like <laughs> that was like one of my favorite things is he was like by the way, whatever this Minitel thing is, I, I don't remember that. Like that might be a French thing. Minitel though, where you can just show like get on and like start communicating with people. Like the it's basically like the original yeah. like 
It's the original chat roulette. It's, it's the original chat roulette. Where French guys are just like, how do I put my dick in this thing? <laughs> like that that is pedophile 101. Like that, yeah. that could not Minitel exist. Minitel is anymore. like the original chat roulette where like, yeah, and the, again, <laughs> like it starts out seemingly like a weird little family thing and then it starts with the Minitel stuff where like but here, wait, before we even get there, this is what is so much better about this movie than Home Alone. Besides just the style and the world, the, the kind of surrealist, right, that I love about it's kind of got like this delicatessen Amelie kind of surreal French nature to it. Right. But just admit, the opening scene starts with a title card, which I love, you know, all children believe in magic until it's not rewarded anymore to believe in magic. And then they show us a perfect one scene visual of why this matters and what happens. Right. In the journey of Santa in this movie is the separating factor more than any other. Right. Yes. We see this guy. He walks into a street and we're just in the middle of like kids having a fun snowball fright. Right. A magical winter. Here comes just a normal guy smiling as he sees this exuberant childhood ex celebration. He picks up one snowball and everyone scatters, you right. know, like he's the turd in the punch bowl. And you see it hurt him, right? And he starts going through his day. Right. And then he works as a Santa. And we see him. It means so much to him that he's giving that magic to other kids. Right. And then, and that, then it all breaks. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> that little breaks. kid's kind of a shit. Um, not great. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, right. he also makes the cardinal sin of slapping the slapping the kid in front of Julie. Well, that, yeah, we also see the Minitel, right, where he's, like, texting a child. Not strong, but maybe he's still okay. When the child says, and I believe the exact quote is, she's kind of looking at him, right? And he's already helped some other kids. It's kind of this beautiful, snowy, slow-mo thing. Right. And she just is like, I don't like your face. You don't look like Santa yeah. and pulls his beard down. And there's this amazing musical cue where it's just like, oh, now we're going to go Henry, portrait of a serial killer. Yeah, boy. it's like this terrifying and stinger. the shit out of this kid. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's not a good look for a Santa. But to be fair, I had a bad experience with my mall Santa this year. We fucking took our kids to get uh, Santa pictures. <laughs> and Santa was just like the, you know, mopiest bitch Santa I've ever seen. And so we're trying to get the kids to smile. Santa can barely be bothered. So we're waiting. I'm waiting on my wife to close the deal and get the printed out photos. We're just kind of sitting there. And he's like, so you moved from L.A., huh? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, sucks for you. And I was like. <laughs> What do you mean, Santa? And he's like, L.A. sucks. Only dumb liberals live there. Something along those lines. I was like, oh, you're that guy. Oh, cool. Like, you're injecting even fucking politics oh, into great. this. My kid's getting their Santa picture. Well, thanks, Santa Trump. And then I, I try to change the subject, right? I'm like, hey, uh, kids, did you ask Mall Santa what he wants for Christmas? And I fucking shit you not. I know I live in Indiana, so this is going to sound like a joke. So my son, Hunter, goes, Santa, what did you ask for? Oh, no. And he goes, a vote for Donald Trump. There it is. And I was just like, all right, kids, let's go to Starbucks. Santa, coal, bitch. Coal for you. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, you're the worst small Santa. So, I mean, this guy's not out of the realm of believable Santa. But that's what I mean. The acting is fantastic because his face, as you see, this is the moment when the magic is no longer yeah. incentivized. And you see him break. And this beautiful linking, this is the other thing it does. It specifically links this Santa to Tomas, right? Because Tomas's mom is there, red power suiting, dominating the corporate world. Right. Because the father is not in the picture, so she's extra careful <laughs> and 
right. protective of providing and being powerful, that she's not with her kid on Christmas Eve so that she can give Christmas joy to other kids. It's this kind of beautiful moment of a man who's lost his belief in magic and Christmas who decides he's going to murder and this lady who's giving all of this Christmas joy to everyone except for the people that matter. Right. It's kind of these two original sins colliding in this really cool way. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I mean, it's, it, it, again, it it's appreciative that there's a reason for a killer in this one. Like, he has, like, motivation, and it's not just, he's, yeah. like, the dregs of society. <laughs> he sort of got, like, shit on, and... Also, yeah, like, I think the magic snap is probably the best part about it. Like, you realize, yeah. like, this is a guy who's just trying to bring joy into children's lives, and some kid is too fucking smug to uh, just enjoy the ride. Again, it's like, yeah. it goes back to my least favorite character, Pilou, who just constantly shits on right. Tomas the entire movie. But, like, <laughs> that that's... fucking shit burger. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, like, there's a scene later in the movie where I was like, oh, fuck, is Pilou finally going to get it? Like, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> But it didn't happen. Pedal, you little piece of shit, pedal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but even just the decision, right? So he's supposed to go to personnel to get fired. Right. Just the decision to have him taking this exorbitant haul of toys to Toma, and that's Tomas, and that's how they're going to meet. Again, it's this extra cutting, you know, kind of critique of Christmas as a whole. Is the mom's like, because the mom has this really weird power play, right? Where my son doesn't believe in Santa anymore, so we got to kick up the gifts tenfold, right? We're going to buy him into believing in Santa. Also, I'm just going to tell him that his friend's a little piece of (laughs) shit, and that's why Santa won't visit him. Yeah, totally. So, But you know what the weirdest part of this is? I I didn't realize it until the end. This whole movie (laughs) might not have happened this way if the mom just didn't lie to him about Santa. Oh, yeah. No, totally. it's kind of the most it's the most French ending of a movie is having the child just sit in the, you know, nihilism of the Santa mythology. Right. Because if the mom doesn't lie to him and he doesn't reach out, you know, maybe he's not sitting there unprepared and this and that. I mean, you could say that the mom firing him is what starts it. Right. But it almost is the lie. Right. That sets Tomas up for this battle. It's very strange, man. I mean, that's like the what kind did of you the... think of? Uh, what did you make of Tomas, though, man? Our introduction to him might be the best character intro we've ever done on this show. I was actually when I was watching, I'm like, did I turn on Santa Rambo? Because I was like, did I? Am I watching the wrong? <laughs> like originally, I was like, I think I might be watching the wrong movie. And then, like, obviously, I was. But I mean, I, it was a great character intro. <laughs> like, again, it's one of those things where I actually no, like that wasn't what I was thinking. My initial thought was like, oh fuck, am I watching this in the middle of the movie by accident? And like, right. that was what I was thinking at the beginning of the movie. Is like, fuck, like I gotta rewind. I'm like, oh man, the fucking this whole thing's it's jacked up. Like I can't because when I initially turned it's on Shutter. When I initially turned it on Shutter, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I think the like they must have fucked up the file or something like that. I, I'm having trouble watching it. But like, then we got deeper in. I was like, oh my god, he's chasing the dog. Like, wow, I know everything about I need to know about this kid within the first three yeah. minutes of this movie. It was great, man. It was wonderful. Well, it's such a strange intro, too, because it starts as him, you think, having a dream, like the Snoopy dream, right, with the Red Baron, right. where him and his dog are sleeping in, like, a <laughs> fighter plane, and they wake up in just the room itself. You're like, what the fuck is this room? Where does this exist? Right. Right? Like, he's in a fucking plane. He gets out, this beautiful mullet, 
just starts repping sets. And they do the weirdest, like, panning down his tiny muscleless arm, yeah. but he's sweaty. Gets his war paint on, traps his dog in a fucking net to this badass, like, Rocky montage music. And yeah, it, it's fake Rocky what montage the fuck music, is by the way. Happening. I love that. Yeah, you really don't know, but when they cut away, we see this giant, weird, like, Tim Burton castle that they live in. Oh, yeah. And it, it just sets such a fun tone for the movie that you immediately know this is going to be something wild. Right? I actually think... Santa smacking a kid aside, this is, like, the fun intro to... Yeah, I actually think my favorite part is when he's, like, pretending to scale the wall on the outside. And he almost falls, right. and then it pans out, and you realize, oh, he's just like pretending, like, oh wow, this kid has like a crazy imagination. But again, it, it's all you need to know about him. He's like very imaginative, very fun-loving, believes in Santa. Those are all the things you need to know about right. Tomas to get you into the movie. Right, and I love that he has the relationship with the dog and grandpa because yep. it, it grounds him. Right, totally. Again, the anti-home alone, which is why do I care about all these people who hate each other? And at the end, I'm supposed to be like, no, you guys are all good because you're happy to be back in your mansion. Right. Wrong. No. Like him and his grandpa in this movie are probably the best part, right? He brings his grandpa down to breakfast with the line, I found this old half-blind diabetic prisoner. (laughs) 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 Which seems like a shitbag thing to say. But they have that kind of bond, right? Like him and his grandpa play D&D. They fix the car together. His grandpa loves him. And he saves his grandpa about four times in the movie. It adds an awful lot to this character to me. Right. I mean, yeah. Here's a weird thing I noticed I wanted to get your take on. Uh, there are at least four times, I think, in this movie where the movie should have ended. Right? So when Santa breaks into the house, first off, just they break like the cardinal rule. Again, very French nihilism here. Uh, just seeing Santa gut the dog. Oh, yeah. That was he actually up. watches his dog get murdered by Santa. And of course, again, very French, let them eat cake. He kills them with the cake server. <laughs> right? That's Santa's weapon of choice against rich, rich French people. Yeah, the cake server thing was very, very French. Love it. <laughs> Bravo. But so we get this. This is the crazy scene, though, right? He tries to break out. He's like, Grandpa, we need help, blah, blah, blah. He goes out. And he, before he traps Santa in the net and the kind of game has begun, Right. he fucking closes these crazy metal shutters because he has the whole house wired to his armband, right, with cameras and technology. Yeah. He does the Rorschach. And he's like, Santa, you're fucking trapped in here with me. Yeah. Yeah, I love That's that. That's insane. Yeah, he Can was you like. Imagine, like, what does that tell you about this kid? That he stayed up to see Santa, but Santa murdered his dog. He's like, now you can't leave. Right. Like, that was, like, probably. (laughs) Again, it's just such a great, like, it tells you every, like, it's very small moments. Like, you don't really need a lot to know what this kid's all about. Like, that's another great. It was like, I was trying to be cool, and you came in and started acting like a dick. You killed my dog. Very not cool. (laughs) And now we're going to fight. By the way. The montage of him burying his dog while having flashbacks of his dog being a good boy. Good Lord. Oh, my God. That fucking killed me and made me laugh. It was like the total emotional upheaval. And I loved when he gave him the sword with the, like, plastic Bowie knife tombstone. (laughs) That is an all-time great scene in a movie. Come on. Uh, (laughs) But it's weird because this is another thing you notice. The actors in this are really good, too. Like, Evil Santa, 
I don't know if he speaks until almost the very end of the movie. No, he says that thing at the end. Amazing performance, right? Yeah. Toma, really fucking good, right? Their their trap is it's so fun to and I do think the undervalued part of this is the how the set pieces of this house are insane. It's almost yeah. like a, a backup Suspiria school level of set design. Right? Yeah, well yeah, it's like a I mean the labyrinth itself is so vast. <laughs> like it's it's a yeah, I mean it's, it's a castle, which is cool. Yeah, and they have like the maze where he's trying to get up to the phone in the attic. They have the Island of Lost Toys room where they just hide. Yeah. So it's just really like a fun. It's just that extra setting. I don't think you appreciate enough until the movie's over. Like, wow, that's just better than, you know, most movies like this. I watch because what a weird fucking setting. But what I I like to because, again, he could have escaped then. He could have escaped when he goes to chase uh, his chunky friend on the bike. Right. And he chooses not to. He kind of has this. I'll help my grandpa. But then it's personal. Right. What happens by the end of the movie, Santa says the same thing. He says, now it's your turn to count, yep. and I'll hide, and come find me, and don't cheat. What do you make of Santa in that moment? Instead of just killing him, which he seemingly came to do, this kind of throws the whole Santa story in, in a you know bit of a topsy-turvy I mean, moment. What did you make of I that? I honestly figured it was just like, the vagrant, the vagrant Santa was literally like, he's just not correct. So he's not like his reality. Like, I just thought he was just a crazy person. That's like, OK, I guess that's what we're doing. Like, I'm not really yeah. sure. I didn't really know how to interpret it, it. Almost to me, it came back to that magic idea, right? Yeah. And I think when he meets Toma, who is kind of this, who the fuck is this kid? Right. Right. And he's in this fucking insane house. For a person who's already had a mental break, that has to be almost impossible to process what's happening. Right, right. right. So it feels almost like he's entered some kind of Christmas, you know, dream, like a Christmas fantasy of his, right? To go around and, and be Santa and actually have the authority to demand attention. Right. And I think that was the other thing, too, is it's he demands that child's attention, which is all he wants to do in every scene we see him before he smacks mira or moira whatever her name whatever is. her name is it's just him trying to attract the attention of kids and you know share that magic with them right and i think instead of being mad that he's been locked in a room and dropped in a net and fucking bashed in the head or whatever right i think he he likes it you know what i mean he's in this well, shared yeah, I mean, christmas delusion yeah, i with think the that's kid. what it is like it's a shared i i think you that's exactly the way to interpret it like my way is the very superficial, like, oh, he's a crazy person, so that's what's happening. Like, I think the way you're supposed to view it is that this guy thinks he's Santa. So he believes he's yeah. in this Santa Claus exper- experience with Toma. So when you have, like, so when you see it from his perspective, it feels a little more infantile and childish and, like, actually even scarier because in that case, there are almost no consequences for him when you think about it. So when yeah. you look at it from well, Tomas' perspective, you even see that, even right? Terrifying. Right. Yeah. Well, when Tomas escapes and he goes and gets the insulin from the caretaker's house, who Santa's already dispatched. Right. So we know Santa will straight up murder. Right. But the fact that he won't with Tomas, I think it's he, he's trying to still find because there's that moment where Tomas gets in the car and he calls an ambulance and he's like, you cheated. And they crash like he's just. Again, he could have jumped him and killed him right. for cheating, but he he's just mad that the game is done. Right. 
and the the next scene they do is really brilliant on that front too, where Tomas is kind of running and he falls in the mud. And by the time the Santa catches him, he almost has none of his white spray on hair and beard anymore. Right. Yeah. It's all, which gone. that was a really important scene was him doing that in the mirror. Cause now you can't pull the beard off. Right. right? Yeah. This was his break into his killer persona. Right. There's that moment where Tomas just wailing and he says, why? Right. And Santa kind of moves towards him almost as if, Hey, I'm back to reality and I just want to like comfort you and make this okay. Right. And of course Tomas shoots him. Right. But it's it's this weird it's this weird Wait. character breakdown for him. Tomas shoots him? I thought the grand I thought the Pappy shot him. Well no, he shoots him in the mud oh, puddle yeah, and okay, then he cool. still Sorry. comes back. Yeah, you're right. And the the grandpa is like, Well, fifty fifty odds I'll kill Santa <laughs> or my grandson. <laughs> Gotta take the shot. Right. You know, I just got my insulin five seconds ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I the Santa arc in this is way more fascinating to me than it has any right to be. Oh yeah, I mean, like again, for a character who literally says a sum total of one, two, three, four, five, like I don't know, ten words really throughout the movie, short of like I guess the opening. Um, but really, like he but even then he doesn't really talk. Yeah, I mean, short of that, again, he's a great. He types, he smacks a kid. He's a great Michael <laughs> Myers type, which is just like quiet, lurking, creepy, uncomfortable. Like that's what's great. But in, like in this jovial manner of Santa Claus, it makes it so much worse and so much more terrifying. But at the same time, like you're rooting, you're rooting for the kid. It's weird. Like I also, again, because I was just like, oh, he's like a crazy person. He can't help himself. I was just like really, I felt bad for the homeless guy i felt bad for santa claus like this is the moment too right when toma is holding the gun right he's kind of shaking and the guy we've seen the little kid playing rambo in war games like pumping war sounds through his house yeah this is the first time we see with toma he's like oh this shit's not a game yeah right so there's this extra and that's him having to confront the reality of this is that extra level too that is really fucking intense man yeah i mean it's again it's like it's such an interesting like movie about the breaking of a dream i guess or maybe like the willingness to like <laughs> i felt so well, this is i just weird, felt like, bad what is the, the movie saying right like is this just them running through because essentially the movie is a child literally shooting his santa claus fantasy to death yeah but that's right because at the end tomas just sitting there as his mom tries to comfort him it's like well this is too late right that's what it is though it was my fault mama i wanted to see santa Santa. yeah like you're like no this is not your fault but that's like i mean like that's sort of the crazy (laughs) thing is like is the movie trying to say like uh, like to me i was like wait is the movie trying to tell us to tell our kids there's no santa claus way early on or is this just that shit out of the way if you see that guy hide right hide your dog hide your grandpa that's what i I mean that's part of it but then it's also because there there is the weird the the other part of it to me is watching how (coughs) this fucking lie of christmas in this film kind of becomes a breaking point for people that are the saddest. Right. Is that all around you, you see, jo- in the whole Christmas everything, right? 
that's why we put up these decorations and lights and have the little reindeer and the snowman. It's supposed to remind us of this is a more magical time of year. Right. Well, if you're this guy and you're lonely and on the verge of breaking and all you want to do is participate in that and everyone just tells you to fuck off and a kid's like, I'm going to take your one bit of dignity away. Right. And he fucking breaks down and the only person he attacks, right, or the person he attacks, I should say, not the only, is a mom who's being a bad mom, right? Putting other kids' Christmas joy in front of, you know, kind of the commercialism, right? right? right. I want them to know Santa's a patron of our store. Right. In front of her own kid, and so she actually, by accident, because of her distance from her family, sends a murder Santa with a van full of toys that this kid doesn't need because he actually has a room of lost toys from generations of this family. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, more, so more to the that. The mom is almost equally complicit in what happens in this. I weirdly. mean, I feel like more to that point, too, it's even more terrifying when you realize, like, this, you know, this Santa is trying to keep the Santa Claus, like the fun of Santa and the fun of Christmas alive. And he goes to murder people at the house where it's like literally the one kid in the movie who still believes in Santa Claus. Like right. the one, the one good kid, the yeah. one good kid is the one he's like trying to fucking kill the whole time. And that's like the like bizarre and tragic irony of this whole movie is you're like, Oh man, like Santa, like this version of Santa, who's trying to just like keep things alive is literally trying to kill the one person who still believes in him. Like it's brutal, man. Like the death of dreams is really what this movie should be called. Like it, it, it's so sad, man. Like it's so French. It's so French. It's such a French ending of this. It's movie. a very like, French movie. That, Cause that's, and the kid blames <laughs> himself. Well, it's so strange because it's the delusional man trying to act like a child. And then the delusional, joyous child dying to become the man that he just killed. By the way, you know, it's it's like it's fucking he totally he totally <laughs> becomes this man again. Like this is the this is the most French thing. And this is also like the most adult thing, too, is like <laughs> like, you know, we have a kid now and like we're trying to like put together a fun Christmas and everything like that. My folks come in town, all that stuff. But like every time something goes wrong, I'm just like, it's my fault. I didn't do it right. Like, and this kid early on <laughs> learns the valuable lesson that all us adults learn. And are like, it's my fault. I wanted to, I wanted it too much. Like, that's all it is, yeah. man. Oh my God. It's so depressing. It's so French. Well, there is a small part where like, uh, Hey, Toma, don't drop the giant metal gates. Just run the fuck away. Go away. You already stowed grandpa in the knight's armor. <laughs> a scene, by the way, I'm so mad. I didn't get a watch. And then at the end, when he just drops fucking Santa or drops his grandpa in the armor, I was like, well, that's hip replacement yeah. for sure. If not more. But, if not uh, more. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. There's so many weird moments of how this battle plays out. So when he makes the declaration, he comes because they trap Santa in the sauna. You're like, all right, pretty good play. Right. It keeps kind of going. Santa fucking murders a cop, tries to murder the friend, murders the caretakers. So there's a lot going on. And then the movie kind of pauses where Toma has the, like, grief funeral for the, the dog. And he's reborn in the fire of combat. And he goes, you don't know where I am because this is my house. My house. This is my house. And you are going to be sad you ever came here, Santa. Right. Even though he is the one who invited him, right? He wanted Santa here. Wanted now Santa. you're going to fucking pay. And his play is, right? He's kind of seemingly setting up booby traps and trackers. Right. But then he sends the little bomb 
on a train. Right? right. So Toma, it's like light the fucking bomb and chuck it at the last second, blow Santa up. <laughs> oh. But he puts it on the train yeah. because he wants to let Santa know tis Christmas that killed you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little psychotic. Like this genius kid has been broken to the point he's not going to have a good life. Oh yeah, no. This kid's life is ruined permanently. Like he doesn't Yeah. Like him not believing in Santa Claus might be the least big problem he has going forward. For sure. Yeah, I know. He doesn't believe in the human condition anymore. He's out. Yeah. This, he has shuffled that off and now will become a murder machine. This is a guy who becomes like not only that but like also like for 30 years like a <laughs> shut-in. Like will not let anyone in his house. Like this kid's got like, which was already seemingly his life, except for that uh, little ginger kid. Yeah, Pilu, idiot, Pilu. Yeah, when he put that bomb in the train, I was like, oh, this kid's like going down a bad way. Yeah, it's over. Like, there's no th- again because you could look at it as, oh, I will kill you from a distance. The true meaning because no, you can throw it. The true meaning of this movie is about the death of dreams, especially about the death of holiday dreams. <laughs> That's like the saddest part about the entire movie is you're just like, wow, everything, everything from the beginning of this movie on has been so downhill and terrible. Like nothing good happens. Like the groundskeeper, the chef, like all those fuckers get murdered. The dog, like once the dog was murdered, yeah. you're like, all right, this is pretty much it. Like there, there's, there's not, nothing good's coming, going to happen at the end of this. You know who makes it out just fine, though? The mom? All the rich white people. <laughs> Classic. Another indictment of society. Another <laughs> indictment of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, of course, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. It's like, oh, you guys just have your castle now. You're good. There's, And I, then that Talma grows up and becomes the creeps from the burbs. Ooh, That's how this Wow, is. good call. That's a good pull. <laughs> I want to point something out. I found out through some research. This movie's this movie's first release, like first public viewing, was March eighteenth, nineteen eighty nine, at the Lowen Film Festival of Youth and Children's Films. Perfect. First Perfect. screening of this movie with a murder Santa Claus was at a fucking children's film festival. Time to grow up, you little shits. That's hey, man. Here's what I love about this movie, right? One, it's easily better than Home Alone on every storytelling spectrum. Absolutely. And it's not close. 100%. It's not close. No. Real emotions, real consequences, better setup, right? Totally. I love uh, our Santa's emotional arc, man. I think it is fantastic. Toma is a brilliant character. His bond with his grandpa was endearing. True. I like the mom actually driving back, realizing I have fucked up. I have fucked up bad and that my kid might die from that. I liked her getting detoured on the road and having her friend pick her up. I liked her having to sit and stew in the fact that she might have sent Santa there to murder him. I think this is a wildly fun film. I think the set is the underrated MVP of the movie. What a (laughs) just beautiful set design. These are so much fun to go room to room and have this battle. Okay, I'll give you that. And it gives it this extra kind of fairy tale quality right it's got a grim's grim's fable element to it yeah you know which i like it's kind of like a a more visually fun krampus movie right okay and I, I just thought it was fucking fun and interesting and it has real fucking stakes and drama yeah absolutely heavy heavier than some christmas fair 
Def- but it's good, man. You could show that to a, a film festival full of kids and be like, hey, don't you go forgetting the meaning of Christmas. It's true. Don't do it. I mean, I don't d- you do it. Definitely will never show my child this movie, so I never have to be asked the question: Is Santa Claus real? Because if my I, kid's already seen half of this movie, <laughs> if I get asked that question, I'm sure it'll be terrifying. Don't worry, I will show your kid all the movies he should be watching. I know you'll probably just show him Cats 25 times. In wow, a row. that is an indictment, and I will not take Boom. that lightly. Boom! Hot take. That is a fringe cutting indictment from Griff. No. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for Deadly Games, a.k.a. Dial Code Santa, a.k.a. What is it? Uh, hide and Freak? Game Over, a.k.a. <laughs> hide and Freak. <laughs> Whatever you call it, I just hope you guys had a good time with it, man. I call it a fucking phenomenal Christmas movie. Easily one of the best. Someday, like some December, years down the road, we'll do our definitive power ranking of Christmas movies. This will definitely this will be, be high there. on my list, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. You can find it on Shutter, the best app for your money. You guys should all have that. Uh, thanks for spending time with us again, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you. Uh, if you want to give us a gift... Leave us a rating and review wherever you find us, especially on the Apple Podcast app. Please. Subscribe to uh, The Film Alchemist. Subscribe to The Longbox Sessions, our other show about comics and pop culture. Subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. That's plural with an S at the end. Uh, And as always, guys, just tell some of your other friends, man. Give the gift of us to your friends. That would mean the world to us. It's a double gift, man. We. You guys don't want to kill our fucking Christmas spirit like a... Homeless old vagrant with white spray paint, do you? Do you? Well done. <laughs> For the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Happy holidays, people. Peace. Woo.